0: Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's guy's night out, figure it out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS, wireless, figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details in terms and conditions and data management info. Hello again everyone, I'm Joe Longinousa, welcoming you to another edition of Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. The show where industry leaders, golf professionals, and legends all come and discuss the great game we love so much. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our host to tell us
1: who's next on the tee. Chris, take it away. Hey, thank you, Joe. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back and joining me today on Next on the T. We are brought to you by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort. You can find them online at FrenchLick.com, and our new friends, uh, The Leather Shop, you can find them online at The-Leather-Shop.com. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I get the privilege of having Dr. Joe Parent Back with me. You know him as the author of several books, including Zen Golf and Zen Putting. He's got a new book out called The Best Diet Book Ever: The Zen of Losing Weight. We'll talk about how we can get our minds right with respect to losing weight. We can also talk about how we can relax our minds and calm ourselves when we're out on the golf course, looking back at some of the great things that he shared with us in Zen Golf and Zen Putting, plus some techniques, you know, to really, as, you know, as those negative thoughts and, and negative thoughts creep in our mind, not only on the golf course, but they do as well when we're talking about eating and eating right. So we'll talk about blocking all of that stuff out when Doc joins me here in just a few moments. So we're going to have a lot of fun today. It's going to be another very insightful show. I'm so glad you're here to take the journey with me again this morning. But let's start the show off by helping you start your mornings off right, and that's by going over and checking out our friends at Aroma Ridge because they offer an array of the finest mountain-grown coffees that you're going to find anywhere. You can find them online at aromaridge.com. Their secret Hand-selected beans from a variety of coffee-producing countries from around the world. They roast those beans to perfection for you by their very own roast master. Their coffees are roasted. When I say this, it is specifically for you because it's to order, right? If, and if you like a little flavor in your coffees, I do. Uh, they can get you just about any flavor that you can imagine. You can even create your own by mixing and matching flavors. I'm currently drinking their Wicked Jack's t- uh, Tavern Butter Rum Coffee, which is fantastic. And not only are their coffees great, but they're fantastic people as well. You're not going to find better people and a better tasting coffee anywhere on the planet. Check them out again online at romaridge.com. Next on the T is brought to you by our friends over at the French Lick Resort up in French Lick, Indiana. Folks, you hear me talking about it every single week here on Next on the T, but it is a spectacular resort to both play golf and to just relax and enjoy yourself, you won't find a better place anywhere on the planet than the French Lick Resort. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself. Let's hear a word about our friends over there. Now's the time to plan that golf getaway you've been dreaming about at French Lick Resort. We have new Golf Academy packages for 2016, guaranteed to take your game to the next level. Try our one-day quick-fix academy for golf emergencies. For more in-depth learning, try the Game Changer, designed to make you a better player. Our staff professionals are ready to work with you at French Lick Resort. Did you know there's only one place in the country that you can play courses designed by two members of the World Golf Hall of Fame on the same property? The Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lick Resort make us an ultimate golf destination for 2016. Check out the Ultimate Golf Package, the Hall of Fame Package, and other great offerings at FrenchLick.com Let 2016 be that year you finally take your dream golf
2: getaway at French Lick Resort.
0: (laughs) Play the courses champions play.
1: Folks, I promise you, it is spectacular. My family and I went up there and spent some time last summer. We're already looking forward to going back again this year. The French Lick Resort needs to be on your list of places to stay and play. And oh, by the way, my friends, They also have a casino right there on the property as well. For more information and to book your stay, go to FrenchLick.com. We are also sponsored this week by our new friends over at The Leather Shop. Folks, do you have difficulty in finding shoes that really fit well for your unique feet? Well, with spring coming, chances are you're going to be looking for either new golf shoes or perhaps a nice pair of Oxford or some loafers. Check out our friends at The Leather Shop, the only company company in the world with the ability to provide true custom fit handcrafted full grain leather shoes and boots right there online that's right no need to even leave the house my friends the best part the models on their websites are sort of mere suggestions you can request customizations to any design that they show submit your own unique design if you like that as well no extra charge involved to do that for more information visit their website you can find them the dash leather dot shop.com you can also go to our site Next on the t.net and click on uh, their shop logo right there at the bottom of our home page. Go to their site. Click on your country's flags because they've got different varieties and availabilities around the world. Check it out. You'll find it out in the, in the upper left-hand corner. Click on your appropriate flag, and they'll get right to their site. Again, the-leather-shop.com. And all right, you know, folks, you know the most important to us, The most important thing to us every single week is to kick the show off by saluting our brave men and women serving in every branch of our military. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families make to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through the strength of our military personnel that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to remind our veterans out there, please be sure to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. You know, you hear me talking about it every single week here. It is a great site. You're going to find a lot of news and articles and a wealth of information specifically geared towards our veterans out there. I'm sure you're going to find it both interesting and beneficial for you. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Dr. Joe Parent. Dr. Joe is the author of several books, like I say, you know, including Zen Golf: Mastering the Mental Side of the Game and Zen Putting: Mastering the Mental Game on the Greens. He is also a keynote speaker and, and an executive e- executive coach. He also does life coaching, performance coaching, uh, mindful awareness training. He's a sports psychologist on both the PGA and LPGA tours. You can get a personal lesson from Dr. Joe by going to his website. You can do it uh, you know, in person or via Skype. He's got a new book out called The Best Diet Book Ever, which we're going to talk about as well. So good morning, Dr. Joe. How are you, my friend?
2: Good morning, Chris. Very good. I'm here in uh, beautiful Ohio, California, in Southern California, and uh, we had a lot of rain last night, which we really needed, and now the sun is shining.
1: <laughs> good for you it's a great way to kick off your morning you know and and doc uh, you know we're going to we're going to talk a lot about you know the things in and around the game of golf that um, you know you're so good at you know helping us you know kind of get our minds right and we talk about that a lot on this show you know the mental side of the game because so much of golf is you know is mental well I want to kick off today's show though by uh, talking about your new book the best diet book ever talk about the genesis of that book and uh, and and why that was a topic that you wanted to uh you wanted to you know tackle and get more information out about
2: well this is something that i've been working uh on over many years uh, uh, when i would uh, feel like i'd put on a little too much weight i was i, I started to get uncomfortable in my clothes and and felt a little dumpy and said you know what i think i need to lose some weight and what I did was I used the principles from sport psychology that are the basis of Zen golf and zen putting and mm-hmm. and last year i re performance, uh and and I used the principles in business, so I applied those principles to working with my health with my my wellness, and the key elements are <clears throat> awareness being aware of what you're doing while you're doing it, which is, is the essential definition of mindfulness, and and the habit change technique that I introduced in Zen Golf that allows you to simply and painlessly change your habits because to lose weight and keep it off, uh, and, and any kind of exercise program, any kind of wellness program where you're changing something about your life, you can't just do a drastic quick fix uh, and then expect it to last, it takes time for it to sink in, and you have to actually change your habits in relation to food and exercise. It's the same thing that I write in Zen Golf. Uh, quick fixes are like Band-Aids or patches on a coat that come off. Uh, to, if you want to really make a fundamental change to your game, it takes time and it takes patience. So um, what I found was these these drastic diets, like uh, Oprah came on several years ago and said, I lost 67 pounds. And she actually wheeled out a little red toy wagon with a big plastic bag and 67 pounds of fat on it. And everybody was horrified and said, this is what it looks like. I can't believe, I can't even lift it. And this is what I was carrying around. My poor heart, so it was very evident, but to you know two or three years, i think two years later she'd put it all back on because she'd done a drastic liquids only diet, and what I found was you can change your eating habits, and the exciting thing the reason I call this the best diet book ever is because there are no menus or recipes it's all about how you relate to food. So you, it's a positive approach rather than a punishing approach. Most diets everybody feels like, "Oh, time to go on a diet, time to go to jail." You know, and be <laughs> punished punished and in prison and I'm not allowed to have what I like and you know what? I didn't stop eating anything. I just ate smaller portions of it. Still had dessert, I had two bites instead of 2 pounds of <laughs> of dessert. So, but if you eat slowly and mindfully, you get even more flavor out of it. So, this book, um, and it was was fun. The title was available when I went online. So I said, how can I not name my book the best diet book ever? And uh, and it's exciting because you get to eat whatever you want and gradually change your your habits and, and increase your awareness. So you get to enjoy food more and weigh less. And and not many people get to get to do both of those. It's very exciting. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, right. So and you know the book talks about, you know, giving you the freedom to enjoy you talk about, you know, words like punishing and enjoy, right? The book gives you the freedom to enjoy positive choices. Right, rather than the pain and sacrifice that we're used to with strict diets. So, you know, it's it's very exactly. different from the typical diet book. Talk about your positive choice model.
2: Okay, the positive choice model is instead of the restrictions, um, and and I think the key words here that are very important because because a lot of people who are looking to lose weight um, get down on themselves. They get down on themselves for feeling for being overweight, so they feel badly about themselves, and and then they diet as a kind of deserved punishment for being bad, and that's all the negative negative right. model. The, the positive choice model is, and here are the key words: empowerment rather than imprisonment. Once you set your intention and say, "I would rather be light than heavy, I would rather be thinner than fatter." And I will make the changes I need, I can make, that I want to make, to move in the direction of my intention. And so it's a positive choice that you're making so that when you choose to, um, you know, sometimes there's there's a pie place near us that makes this great pie. And I get a piece of pie, but I eat a third of that piece for dessert one night and a third the next night, and the third so over three days, I have a piece of pie, which means that I'm taking in a third of the calories that I would have taken in before it's really right. simple math and so so and but I'm enjoying, it, but I know when to stop, and that's the thing that's the hardest for 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 people. but when you choose when to stop rather than not even being allowed to start, you're empowered to make your choices
1: Wow, that's great stuff. And Doc, yeah, I know you know it's really you, you've it's
2: been... really it's really exciting that way. And I want to tell you, you have a great sponsor, that coffee company. Yes. And and one of the reasons that I didn't put any menus or recipes in is because the science around around food is constantly changing. One of the passages in the book is, you know, are coffee, chocolate, or red wine good for you or bad for you? If you don't like the answer, wait a few months. <laughs> <laughs> because coffee coffee used to be bad for you and now they're saying oh it's good for you and not long ago red wine or you know chocolate were bad for you and now dark chocolate's good for you and one glass of red wine is good for you so science keeps changing and uh and and I wanted this book to be perpetual so it it's whatever is the healthiest and most enjoyable food that you can eat now here's another positive choice model. One of the reasons people eat too much is they eat they don't eat good food. And if you have low food that doesn't taste that great, you don't get the taste satisfaction that triggers your brain to say that's enough. So you eat more hoping that the next bite will taste will get you to that level of taste satisfaction, and you can go through uh 3 fast food cheeseburgers and still never get there, but you, you know, but you can have uh, some, you know, something that's really fine and one small piece of really good steak, and guess what? You're satisfied. So, so it's all about making good choices and being aware of getting the taste satisfaction that you need. Wow.
1: That is, that's great stuff, you know, and it and it's, and it seems so true, right? You know, because we, we're so, we're, you know, as a society, I think we're in such a rush to get to the next thing, or, you know, if we're, we're rushing through lunch, because, you know, something with work, or we're on our way somewhere, and, and you're right, you know, you don't get the opportunity to savor what you're eating, so you exactly. just continue to eat more, and more, and more, that's, that's, that's
2: right. I, I have a chapter called "Savor the Flavor," and 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 you really you really clicked into this. And that is that our minds aren't on what we're doing, and that's why the mindfulness training, right? Uh, because we're either reading or watching TV or checking our emails or or surfing the web or you know whatever whatever social media we're connected to, and we're shoveling food while our mind is on something else, and not even tasting it and the right. momentum of the shoveling goes on until uh oh the food's gone. Well, you know, we could just keep eating forever that way and not be clued into when we've had enough. Right. Um and and so I have a special technique I want to share. And that is um and you can even pretend if you if you don't have any food in front of you, you can pretend that you're holding a knife and fork and you take a bite of food and what we usually do is We start cutting and preparing the next bite while we're chewing the one that's in our mouth. So our attention goes to cutting, and we miss the flavor of what we're eating. So what I want you to do is after you take that bite, you know, pretend you're doing that. Pretend you had a bite and you start cutting. You're you're really not paying attention, and you still have the tension of holding tightly onto the knife and fork. What if you set them down? You take your bite and set them down. You know what I see people do? Their shoulders drop, they sit back in their chair, they relax, and sometimes they close their eyes and really enjoy the taste of what they're eating, and it slows everything down, they get more flavor, and halfway through the meal, they go, "Oh, you know what i've had an i'm I'm satisfied I'm going to put this away yeah. and have it for lunch tomorrow so So it's by doing that without trying you're satisfied sooner. So you don't eat as much, and, and you cut the calories, and you lose weight. By an, you lose weight because you enjoy it more. Isn't that cool?
1: Yes, that is very cool.
2: I love that.
1: And, and you know, Doctor Parent, you know, you, you know, some of the people that you're working with, and 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 Christy Kerr does a wonderful endorsement of your book because it helped her drop 65 pounds, and not only drop the pounds, but keep it off. Talk about working with Christy.
2: Well, it's great to work with Christy. She is a, uh, a fierce competitor and, and a really incredible person. She just won the Bartlett Award for Humanitarian Services that the Golf Writers Association awards each year for her work with breast cancer. Now, she lost this weight long before the book came out, but she used essentially the same principles because she, she was very, very overweight, and it was interfering with her golf game. Uh, and she turned pro and hadn't won yet. And she made the decision. She lost 60 pounds and almost 10 inches from her waist, Uh, (laughs) over 60 pounds. And and then she started winning because she started feeling better about herself and had more confidence and said, Boy, if I could do that, I could do anything. Mm -hmm. And she used the same principles of, making better choices of foods that she wanted to eat but ones that she knew were better for her rather than punishing herself and of course as a golfer she had to be in shape so she did she she worked a little harder in the gym and uh and by keeping to that principle she's been able to keep the weight off for nearly 20 years and be the second leading all-time money winner on the LPGA tour She won won twice last year at the age of 38.
1: right. And Doc, you know, one of the other things that I love in this book is you talk about how many of us also have sort of a poverty mentality when it comes to dieting. We feel like failures if we slip or if we binge, which comes from the mistaken belief that in order to be who we want to be, we need to be different than the person that we are. Talk about that.
2: Well, I'm glad you you pointed that up because that's uh it goes along with the signature story of the book um which is that we think that something's missing and that, that there's something wrong with us and we need to be different or get something we don't have in order to be the person we want to be and that that's the signature story of Zen golf as well we always think there's something something missing <clears throat> i need the the magic key or the secret of golf you know uh, and and really mostly it's getting in our own way, and so what my my basic introduction, whether it's sports or business or life coaching, is i 'll help people like you get out of your own way and get the most out of your capabilities, and that's a richness mm-hmm. mentality. you have the capabilities, but they're just covered up. The poverty mentality is. I'm missing something. I'm, I'm a bad person and I need to be different. The richness mentality is you're a good person, but you've gotten into bad habits. And it's all about changing habits. And once you make right. the, the start changing habits, then then you can take a positive approach because here's the here's real key for golf, too. Intention shapes behavior. If your intention is to avoid the lake on the left, you'll bomb it out of bounds on the right. But if your intention is to play the smart shot into the fairway, you'll aim at the right side of the fairway and have a positive intention of where you want to go. And that's where the positive choice model came out uh, for, for the diet book. So whether it's golf or business or dieting or anything else in your life, you want to take a positive direction of where you want to go You want to build on your strengths and notice the habits that get in your way. It's not there's something wrong with you. It's something that is in the way either in your understanding or your habits. And as soon as you clarify that or change your habits, you'll be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish.
1: One of the other things you talk about are the three twos and the three S's. Talk about what those are.
2: (laughs) Okay. So 100,000 years ago, Uh, human beings had a little trouble finding food. And if they found it, there were animals or other tribes or whatever ready to take it away from them, and there were no preservatives and no refrigerators. So we are hardwired to eat as much as we can, as fast as we can, until it's gone. In other words, we're hardwired to eat too much, too fast for too long and the remedy is changing that habit so we want to eat smaller amounts we want to eat more slowly and we want to stop earlier so smaller, slower and stop mm-hmm. are the three assets. and you know what about stopping, this is really interesting our brains have some lag time and and I talk about this in golf and and in, in dieting. In dieting, our brains have lag time. It takes 15 to 20 minutes for the brain to register just how full your stomach is. That's why sometimes you eat and you, you finish your, your plate and you go, yeah, hey, you know what, I think I'm still a little hungry. I think I'll have seconds. And you get another plate and you eat that and, and you go, yeah, that's better. And, and about 10 minutes later you go, oh, my God, I'm stuffed. Why did I eat so much? Uh-huh. It's because you didn't stop after the first plate. Take a little walk for ten minutes and let it get let the message from your stomach get to your brain. It's like it's like a our uh, our gas tank. If you fill your gas tank in the car while the engine, you know, while the battery's on, it it shows three. It's three quarters full when the pump clicks off. You go, what's wrong? well it just it, it just takes time to catch up and then gradually you see oh there it goes and now and then it goes to full or past full that's what happens to our stomach so if we if we eat more slowly and we take some gaps and don't go back right away for seconds or go back for seconds at all in 10 minutes we'll actually feel satisfied um now in golf it's the same thing and and I watch players you know practice a pitch shot uh, or a chip shot, and they they they've made a lot of practice swings, and then at the last minute, uh, they change their mind. And then they take another club, make one or two swings, and, and play their shot. And they hit it poorly. And they hit it poorly because their body thinks they still have the first club in their hands. The, the, their brain really? didn't register the change of clubs and get the message to their muscles. I watched this happen with... Uh, At the U.S. Open, Colin Montgomery, last hole, he made about a dozen practice swings uh, for a long time. Actually, he was playing with B.J., who uh, who I I coached for, for many years, and there was a ruling, and he had all this extra time, and he's swinging his six iron, and he's swinging his six iron, and he's swinging his six iron, and then he said, at the last minute, he says, you know, I think it's too much club, I'm going to go with the seven iron. I'm going to go with the strong seven instead of the soft six. He takes the seven iron and he makes his swing and it doesn't get anywhere near reaching the green. And he goes, what the heck just happened? Well, he made the soft six swing with the seven iron because his body thought he still that's what he still had in his hands. He didn't make, take enough swings with the new club to give it time to sink in. So there's a golf tip that also applies yeah. to dieting. Stop sooner on eating Give it time to sink your brain time to catch up to your stomach. In golf, if you switch clubs, make enough practice swings, or let's say let's say you decide, well, you know what, instead of instead of hitting a little cut, I think I'm gonna take one less club and try to hit a draw. Well your body thinks you're still making a cut swing unless you've made a half a dozen draw swings. So take a little extra time, change the their practice swings and, and get the feel for the new club, and then you'll hit a better shot. That's
1: great stuff, and Doc. Let's, let's sort of build on that a little bit, and a little bit on, on on Zen Golf. And you know, one of the things that you know we talk about a lot on this show is the is the quote from Bobby Jones about how competitive golf is played mainly on the five and a half inch course, and you know, the space between our ears. And and you wrote a little twist on that sort of thing in in your book. You you wrote. No matter how sophisticated their equipment or their knowledge about the swing, if golfers don't know how to work with their minds on the course, they encounter the common mental obstacles that keep them from realizing their potential. Performance anxiety, emotional reactions, distractions interfere with golfers' abilities. Overcoming such obstacles is the key to breaking through to lower scores. Talk about that.
2: Okay. So let's switch over from the dieting, which has the same mental obstacles, confidence and how do you recover when you have a slip or a binge? And, uh, and you know, and the anxiety of being in social situations where everybody says, you know, I have a chapter called With Friends Like These. They say, come on, one cookie won't hurt. You know, come on, just this one time. Um, it creates a lot of anxiety. So it's really important to be able to recognize what's going on in your mind and clear away the, the interference. So I, I want people to be able to. They can. They can go to to zen golf dot com. There's also the best ever dot com, and that's where they can find it. Now, for the for golfers, um, I watched I watched Phil uh, at the uh, World Golf Championships. Uh, it was interesting. I I happened to see the scores at the end. I'd watched the first nine or ten holes. Uh, uh, when he'd finished nine or ten holes, he was nine under par and he was playing awesome. He just birdied four holes in a row. And I saw his final score was five under. I go, what the what the heck happened? Mm-hmm. And he started missing a couple of short putts and it created a he got a, he talked about getting a little ahead of himself and trying a little too hard and then he tried to hit too cute a shot with his pitching wedge and of course the sportscaster's Jinx came up and said, You know <laughs> no one's hit it in the water on this hole all day Ka-plunk. There he went in. <laughs> <laughs> And he and he ended up taking a double bogey on a um on a par three and I went, Oh, well there's half of it the, the four strokes that he dropped and and then and it kind of unraveled and I want players to be able to recognize what's going on, so that when they start getting on the bogey, that, that they don't get on the bogey train. They just get on one. They get one stop. There's a there's a bogey. Okay, what do on that hole that got in my way, and what can I do differently on the next holes? And and after a bad shot, particularly, um, we get we get upset and we get anxious. And what I'd like players to do is to actually chill out, take a deep breath, calm themselves down with with a deep breath, and then don't leave that spot. Don't leave that spot with a bad swing because what you'll do is you'll compensate for it on your next one. Instead, stay right there, take your deep breath, set up as if the ball is still there, and make the swing you would have rather made. And if you don't do it on the first one, do another one. You know, even if it takes three or four, and then you say, you know, that swing would be much better. might not be perfect, but much better. Then you can leave. And that way you leave a a spot with a bad swing in your mind. You leave with the feeling of a good swing. And and again, here's the positive choice model. The positive intention to make that swing and, and prepare properly next shot, rather than going to the next shot and saying, Okay, now how do I avoid making a bad swing?
1: Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because you know, I remember you know, as I as I follow you on Twitter at Zen Putter, right, is, uh, or at Zen Golf uh, at on Zen Twitter.
2: Golfer. At Zen Yeah, at Zen, Zen Golf Right, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. As I follow you on Twitter, that, that's something that I remember you pointing out, you know, a while back about Jordan Spieth. When you look at, you know, some of the things that he has done, I think you call it a race and replace, right? You know, and yeah, he exactly if he makes a, right. he made a poor swing, that he came back and 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 retraced that until he was happy with it and moved on, right? A race and replace.
2: That's exactly right. And you see some some players and some people. Well, some people just, you know. <laughs> I saw one guy um, bury the club and bury his seven iron in the tee, and walk on. That that's kind of the exact opposite. But he made a pretty good swing when he buried that seven iron into the into the ground, uh, or or tossed it into the lake. You know, I, I I remember Rory tossed one into the lake. I said, now that was a better swing than he made when the club was in his hands. <laughs> he made a beautiful swing throwing that club into the lake. That was it was great. Um but uh but that's not the post shot routine I recommend. I, I it is a post shot routine and you don't just make a little swish through the grass or 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 hold a different position. You 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 might do that to to feel what the difference was, but then you actually make a full speed swing as if there's a ball there and 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 say that's the one I would have rather made. And then you can move on if you like and you actually, your brain doesn't know the difference and thinks, yeah, that was my swing. And it Again, at Zen it Golfer and is and how you can follow Dr. To play Joe play. Uh, oh,
1: sorry on, to on interrupt. Twitter. No, no. Uh, you know, and, and, Doc, you know, is, uh, like I say, some some of the other things that I find interesting on your on your Twitter feed is you, you congratulated Bubba Watson on his recent victory at Riviera, and you, and you also retweeted something, that he said and, and what he what he tweeted out is my golf game is all about imagination turned into something real, right? Which is, you know, again, kinda of getting back to, you know, in, in our minds and turning stuff that's in our minds, you know, into, you know, reality and actions out on the on the golf course. When you when you read that, what struck you about it?
2: Well, um one thing that struck me before that was when they you know they talked about the young guns and I still think of Bubba as a young gun. He's thirty-seven. He's been around <laughs> a long. Look. I mean, he looks so young. He looks and he talks. Yeah. And, you know, acts like a little kid. It's great. He's uh, he's uh, uh, he's so childlike. The problem is, for the first ten or twelve years of his career, he wasn't just childlike. He was childish. And one and he got very frustrated as soon as he hit a couple bad shots and lost his marbles. And uh, he his talent hasn't increased a tremendous amount, but his mental game has improved a tremendous amount. So that he hits a bad shot, it doesn't frustrate him. He says, okay, well, that, that happened. Now what do I do next? I'm the best at, at wild recovery shots where I can, you know, make a nine iron turn at 90 degrees and, <laughs> you know, put a Put sixty yards of of, of hook on a nine <laughs> and like to to win the Masters. Well, you know, um, I so why am I getting so upset? Let's let's just accept it, be more patient, and go to the next one. And he said, the mind is is has been the most powerful thing, and and the reason why he is as successful as he ha- as he is. And it took him a long, long time. What I like to think is he learned that through maturity and the, the the pain and suffering of trial and error for twelve, fifteen years on the PGA tour. I'd like to be able to help people achieve that in a year or a year and a half instead of ten instead of a decade or a decade and a half.
1: You've also commented in the past about Jordan's uh, Jordan Spieth's practice of, you know, sort of looking at the whole versus down at the ball, and particularly on short putts. Is that from a visualization and from a positive mental image? is that something we all should be, be trying to do?
2: Well, uh, I have a special technique in relation to that. But as far as Jordan goes, you think he's just looking at the hole. I don't think he's just looking at the hole. People get so narrowly focused. That, you know, they say, what should I look at? And, and some pros ex- say, look at one dimple on the ball. Well the problem with that is you're looking at a dimple on the ball, you lose connection with the hole and the distance. So you can look at that dimple on the ball and hit the dimple on the ball, did you hit it with the right speed? No idea, because you lost connection with how far away the hole was. Now, I don't mind that on a 2 or 3 foot putt where speed a straight straight in putt where speed doesn't matter. But where it does matter, you need to see the whole thing. So the reason Jordan just does this on six feet and in or so, is because he can look at the hole, look toward the hole, not at, look toward the hole and still see out of the corner of his eye the ball in front of his feet. Check it out. Just look, you know, look at something straight in front of you and then look over six feet to your left and and it's still there. You can still see it. You can see both. He, he's not only seeing the hole and the ball, he's seeing the whole path his the the putter the putter arc the and the path the ball is going to take all the way to the hole he sees the whole thing as a as one unified field or unified hole rather than separate pieces of putter ball and hole, which is great, so he's not not looking at the ball he's seeing the ball and the hole at the same time now I do the reverse you look toward the ball, but out in the corner of your eye you can see the hole. And you should soften your gaze so you see the whole thing, not just look sharply at the ball. You look toward the ball, but you see the whole path. Now, once you get to a longer putt, what I want you to do is look for about three seconds as, as the very last thing that you do before you look back towards the ball. Look for about three seconds and imprint that distance in your mind to the hole. Look back to the ball. Bring that picture back to mind because your brain doesn't know the difference between a picture from your memory or a picture from your eyes. And then when you have that picture in mind, it's as if you're looking toward the ball, but you're looking at the hole 20 feet away, and roll it into the picture.
1: And and in your book, Zen Putting, and it's interesting you talk about all these things with our eyes and our minds, you talk about seeing in your mind's eye that the putt has already been completed, right? As you talk about, you know, putting it towards the picture, right? The ball, you, you, right. you envision the ball already in the hole, and means there's no need to sort of try to get it in the hole. That leaves you free to let your body execute your process without trying too hard. Describe that a little further.
2: Well, it came from it came from a great a great moment. I was uh, I was with VJ in a practice round at uh, PGA. Uh, at whistling straits where where he won, and he was playing a practice round with paul Asinger, and they, they got going and uh and v j was about i don't know about fifteen feet away, and Paul was about twenty feet away and paul holds his and uh and he said, oh you better uh you know you better now now you got to hold yours v j he said he uh oh yeah he said um he said, "I already hold it," which meant in his mind. Mm-hmm. I already hold it. Now I'm just going to do what I what I what I already saw, and he and he hold it. It was it was great. So yeah. all, he, all all it means is you see the path and the speed, and you visualize it in real time. The the path and the speed of the ball going. You know, imagine. And people say I can't visualize. Uh, what I mean is. Imagine that the ball is rolling down. I mean, you you're reading the putt, so you imagine the ball is rolling along the green, and and as it slows, it starts to turn and see the point and the speed at which it rolls over the edge of the hole. You say that's what I want to produce, and the clearer picture you give to your brain of what you want to produce, the better job it'll do in instructing your muscles to do that.
1: Simple wow, simple
2: that is- learning and and performance theory. The better picture you give, the better job your brain will do in giving messages to your muscles to produce that picture. So see the putt as already in the hole, and then get it started.
1: I'm talking to Dr. Joe Parent here on Next on the Tee. He's the author of Zen Golf, Mastering the Mental Game, Zen Putting, Mastering the Mental Game on the Greens, and his new book is called The Best Diet Book Ever. Just a couple more before we let you go, Doc. Um, We also, you know, when we're in in the midst of our rounds, we all, you know, a great many of us, almost all of us, you know, will encounter some sort of adversity when we're on the golf course, whether we make a bad swing, we make a bad putt, whatever it is. Talk about what we can do in between shots when negative thoughts start to creep into our minds.
2: Okay. Um, That's a a pretty good one because, you know, basically – human beings are uh hardwired to anticipate. Uh again, we look at our ancestors and uh they're walking around <clears throat> around uh a, a big boulder and one of them says, you know, there there might be a, a bear on the other side of this this boulder. And he's ready to run. And the other one's just going do 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 do. Well, guess <laughs> what? <laughs> When they get around the boulder and see the bear you know, that it's it's the old story uh of two guys camping and one then a bear comes and, and uh one starts running, he says, You can't outrun a bear and he says, I don't have to outrun a bear, I just have to outrun you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So um so the guy who wasn't anticipating danger out of the gene pool. So we're kind of we're kind of on edge uh from our uh prehistoric ancestors to anticipate danger and so we get anxious ahead of time now what we want to do is get back to the present moment and so instead of instead of saying "Uh uh-oh you know one bad swing that means i'm going to have a bad day we say okay that was a bad swing take a breath as i said before calm down now what got in the way there because that's not my usual game that that was really an aberration that was that was something different. Something got in the way. Right. Oh yeah. I was just trying to avoid this. I bailed out or I you know what? I wasn't really ready. I went ahead and I wasn't really I wasn't really feeling comfortable over the ball. Take a step out and get comfortable. I I don't wanna slow play down. But sometimes taking a few seconds to get comfortable it, it takes less time than five minutes looking in the woods right so um a little bit of a little bit of preparation and and then so, you move on to the next now now i think the the biggest adversity is people's preoccupation with score because you you know you make a triple bogey and you go my round's ruined for the day and you get very frustrated or or you say oh, i made a bogey i got to get one back and then you press and try too hard and that's when you get on the bogey train so instead I'd rather you say okay that hole's done. And and it, and the negative thoughts are are out of your mind if you did the erase and replace and you say okay I know what I did there. And if it was if it was a bad hole you say you know what I know what I did there. I didn't give myself enough room when I shot for the, I shot for a tight pin and I short-sided myself. Okay, learning opportunity. Instead of beating yourself up, treat what happened as a learning opportunity. Then you make it a positive rather than a negative.
1: And, and just to kind of take that one step further, Doc, one of the early chapters in, in Zen Golf is talking about thinking outside the box. And you talk about you know how a double bogey or whatever can now ruin my score because now I'm trying to get that back. But you talk about viewing our scores differently in relation to our own par. For what we typically shoot, not what's on the scorecard, which is sort of a more positive way for us to view ourselves during the course of the round, right? If I'm a, and I, you know, if I'm a 10 or 12 handicap, and I'm a, I'm going to shoot, you know, 82 to 85, right? And thinking about okay, now I've made a bogey or a double bogey. Now I'm really just talking about how I'm playing, you know, to my own score. Not really trying to look at how I score in relation to going out and potentially shooting 72. Talk about how that sort of frees our minds up to really more enjoy the game.
2: Well, you know, originally par changed based on the conditions, and par was was the par was originally the qualifying point for the city championships. <laughs> so so, you, so we're talking about championship golf. We're talking about scratch. Par is, is the standard for scratch golfers, not for 10, especially not for 18 or 20 handicappers. And 18 is about the average male handicap. So we're talking about for the vast majority of golfers, par is completely inappropriate on the scorecard. They also changed it according to the weather and and the conditions. So, you know, if it's windy and raining, par might be seventy eight that day for a scratch golfer. And you know, you've seen you've seen conditions at the British Open where where they say, Well, the field average today was seventy seven. Well guess what? That was par that day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you can do is change the scorecard literally. I mean if you're if you're a uh, an 18 handicapper that hits the ball 220 off the tee well a 440 yard par 4 isn't a par 4 for you it's a par 5 think about how many holes on your golf course you have more than let's say a 6 iron in to the green Let's say 5-iron. You have more than a 5-iron into the green. If you have more than a 5-iron into the green, then then for scratch golfers, that's the equivalent of a par 5. Mm-hmm. So you should change the scorecard. An 18-handicapper on their scorecard only has par 4s, par 5s, and par 6s. And once you do that, then that's pretty reasonable. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful? You're an 18-handicapper. You'll never ever say I shot two under if you look at the scorecard. But if you're an eighteen handicapper on a par seventy two course and your par is ninety and you shoot an eighty eight, you can walk into the clubhouse, they say, What'd you shoot and you said two under Right. How about that? That's fine.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, two under
2: nice. And that feels good. <laughs> and then you don't press. You know, you look at you look at the, the hole, you got a three wood distance in and you see it says part five on your card rather than four, you say, Well, it's too much trouble around the green. I'll just hit a seven iron and a pitching wedge. How much right. how much less stress is that? And you still have right. a chance to make a four.
1: And and to of that end. seven
2: like you would if you hit the three wood.
1: <laughs> right. but you know and, and to the to the end of all of that, Doc. You know, for for those of us, you know, when when you're on the precipice of perhaps shooting, you know, your best score ever, right? If you are an 18 handicap, right, and you're coming into the final hole, knowing that if you were to make five or six, I'm going to shoot 89 for the first time, or you know, for folks, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that number, magic number is, you're going to break 100 for the first time, you're going to break 90 or 80. How do we relax our minds so that we don't press too much? And then all of a sudden, you know, we take a seven, and now I'm back, and I shot ninety-one or two.
2: It's interesting that you said seven. That's kind of the magic number. That's the one that everybody hits when when they when they blow a hole, trying to they say all I need is is bogey, and they make a seven, whether it's a par par four or par five. <laughs> right. It's amazing. That's the number that shows up. So instead, um, you just say, you know what? I'm not going to change my game plan. I'm going to play this hole, and what I like to tell them is, imagine that you're still on the 12th or 13th hole, and you got a whole bunch more holes to go. Forget that you're on the 18th. It also helps not to keep score, but of course we have our our quote friends end quote.
0: <laughs> Do you
2: know that if you if you make bogey, <laughs> right. you you shoot a 99? Oh, thanks, man. That's just what I needed to hear. <laughs> Please keep it to yourself. Come on. I was having a good time, and now I'm not <laughs> and yeah, you know there's a lot of pressure. But the point is if you start trying to prevent making a mistake instead of playing the best you can, you'll make the mistake. It's like a prevent defense in in football what do the What do they say a prevent defense does? It prevents winning. Okay. So don't hey. play a prevent defense in golf. Just say now. Uh, um, at the same time, you can you can think the hole through and just say, you know what? There is so much trouble in the landing area. I'm going to turn this into a par five, and I'm going to hit seven iron, seven iron. There's three hundred, and nine iron. There's one twenty, onto the onto the middle of the fat part of the green, and and two putt.
1: There you go. So, you know, the, the other thing that you bring up in there, right, is, you know, the idea of, you know, preventing mistakes and the prevent defense and all of that sort of thing. When we are looking at a hole that we are going, you know, that we're on and we see, well, I could, you know, if I miss, I can bail out to the right and still be okay versus going mm-hmm. for, you know, you know, if I hit it straight and, 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 and make the green because maybe I've got, you know, a, a big sand trap out on the left or there's water on the left. Is right. is thinking I've got bailout on the right, the right frame of mind to get into because would would we then you know hit the ball to the right and now now I've sort of taken myself out of the opportunity to make par or better. How should we approach that mentally?
2: Well, um, instead of thinking about the number and the score, your job is to shoot the lowest score you can on the hole. And, and this is a game plan that, that everybody can use on every hole, no matter what your score is up to that point. I want to make the best score I can on this hole without taking unnecessary risks. <clears throat> so if there's water to the left of the green, and there's an easy pitch from from short rough out to the right, <clears throat> don't call it a bailout. Say, I want to hit it there. That's my choice, a positive choice rather than a negative. See, we go back to the positive choice model. Right. I choose that. It's not that I. It's not that I'm not allowed to aim for the green. It's that I choose that because, because you know, Tommy Armour about a hundred years ago, said, had a simple course management technique that I've shared with people: hit the club you're most comfortable hitting and hit it to a place that gives you the easiest next shot. So you might be a 5 iron from the green. But there's a big bunker in front and if you don't carry it, you're going to dump it in, you're going to plug it in the face of the bunker, and if you do carry it, it'll run off the back of the green. And you're not all that comfortable hitting your 5 iron. Yet, if you hit an 8 iron, then you've got about a uh, uh, a 40-yard pitch with plenty of green to work with uh, from the right, you go, low-stress shot, and you hit your 8 right. and you pitch it on. You know, I actually had a player do that in qualifying school uh, and aim away from the green, pitched it on, rolled in the putt. He walked off um, the the tee and, uh, off the green and said to me, conserving mental energy doc conserving mental energy (laughs) because it's very stressful hitting that other shot yet this one low stress and there's just so much stress you can put on yourself through now they're playing six rounds at q school so you know by the end you're they're completely out of gas mentally but you know for for the weekend golfer as you come in those last four or five holes you might be out of gas physically and mentally so don't try shots that you're not comfortable with, except, you know, would you rather would you rather have a sure bogey or risk a double or triple? Sure bogey with a chance for a four or sure double with a chance for a quad. Easy choice.
1: Right, right. I'm talking with Dr. Joe Parent, the author of Zen Golf, Mastering the Mental Side of the Game and Zen Putting, Mastering the Mental... Game on the Greens, as well as his new book, The Best Diet Book Ever. Doc, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can follow you both online, perhaps book a lesson with you as well, and then uh, follow you on social media.
2: Well, we're on Facebook as Zen Golf, Mastering the Metal Game, and Twitter as at Zen Golfer. But the simplest thing to do is go to zengolf.com and uh, click for the free uh, weekly newsletter. Uh, it's actually not a newsletter. It's just a quote of the week. It's just a few lines, it, it, and 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 we put it on Facebook, and it almost fits on Twitter. <laughs> so it's not a lot of reading. You'll just get a quote of the week, and you, and we don't use the emails or or give them to anybody else. Uh, and that's that'll keep you up to date with me. And and what's exciting is I give lessons all over the world uh by phone, by Skype, by, by FaceTime, uh by any, you know, video voicemail, uh, video voice uh device. And it's really it's really like being there. It's it's very cool. I had a I was a, uh, I had a pro in Australia who had his coach bring his iPad out or his tablet. I don't even know if you know it was an iPad, it was a tablet. And and we got on Skype and i gave him a putt- I, I helped cure his yips with putting and improve his chipping and he qualified for the asian tour and wow. and, and and i was here in california and he was in australia and i could see i had the, i had different angles it was like i walked around him the pro just held the the tablet and said uh, i said you know line up behind him now line up behind the ball so I can see the putter face. Now line up behind him so I can see how his shoulders and his feet are are lined up towards the the target. And now now face on cuz I want to see his ball position. <laughs> it was great. It was it was yeah. like being there and it was it was a live putting lesson. I did one d- I did one I've done them all over the world and transformed people's putting. But, wow. Uh, that is by video.
1: That is, You know, the idea, right, I mean, it's so cool now that we have so many different applications in so many ways
2: Amazing, right,
1: to communicate with one another that, you know, you can right. give a golf lesson to somebody, you know, halfway around the world with, uh, without having to be there. That is fantastic stuff.
2: I was just doing it by text with Christy Kerr in Singapore and by uh, a FaceTime voice call to Julieta Granada uh, in Singapore and um she called me after her first couple of rounds uh she had um 33 and 36 putts in her first in her first two rounds mm-hmm. and and we talked about her putting on the phone and uh and in her second two rounds she had i've got it here so she went thirty-six and thirty-three putts, and then rounds three and four she had twenty-seven and twenty-two putts. Wow! Yeah, from uh, she went from one, you know, um, I think she two putts a hole. Yeah, three three over and one over, and then she went to two under and four under.
1: Wow, that's amazing!
2: So, and and that was by phone from Singapore.
1: Wow, that's that's yeah. fantastic. So it
2: really does work.
1: Yeah, clearly it does. Well, Doc, thank you so much for joining me again this morning and being My so pleasure. generous with your time. You. Always you, you, a you, privilege.
2: You do a great job asking the questions and, and posing them and, and giving me the space to answer. I really appreciate it. And I look oh, forward to your you. listeners. And you know what? Thank you again for supporting the veterans uh and and we care about the men and women in uniform and the ones who've already served and aren't being taken care of it's really it's really um it's it's really sad. Uh so please do everything you can to support the veterans.
1: Absolutely right. No thank you for pointing that out doc. Yeah we can't do enough for for uh, our folks that are, that are serving now and you know, keeping us all safe, but also for for our veterans and our and the veterans' families for the sacrifices that they make, we mean that sincerely exactly. every week when we talk about that I, on this show. I Agree completely.
2: Oh. I agree completely. So thank you. Well, that, and uh, I look forward to seeing people. Uh, you know, let me know what you thought of the show at uh, at ZenGolfer or or uh, drop me a line for zengolf.com. dot com. And uh, if you if you want to lose weight painlessly, just get the best diet book ever.
1: There you go. Doc, thanks again for being here. I hope you'll come back again uh, on the show soon. I always love the opportunity to talk with you and to get your insights for, you know, not only, you know, from, from a mental standpoint, but what you're seeing, you know, going on around the game of golf. You're fantastic to have as part of the show.
2: Well, thank you. My pleasure. Happy to do it. Let's do it again soon. Take care, Chris.
1: All right. Thanks, Doc. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Okay, bye. That is Dr. Joe Parent. Again, the books Zen Golf, Mastering the Mental Side of the Game and Zen Putting, Mastering the Mental Game on the Greens and his new book, The Best Diet Book Ever. So please, check him out online. And again, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Zen Golfer. Please, check him out. Uh, Doc is absolutely fantastic. All right, folks, uh, before we put a bow on this one, I want to remind everyone about our friends and uh, partner over at at the Salute Military Golf Association and PGA Tour, uh, Jim Estes. Let's hear from them about all the great things that they're doing over there.
0: The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country.
1: Yeah, folks, they are doing some amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and to see how you can get involved, check out their site. It's smga.org. All right, everyone, my sincere thanks again to Dr. Joe Parent for joining me today and making today's show so much fun for me to be a part of. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, He's got such great information. And he's doing some some amazing things to you know help folks lose weight and to, you know get our minds right. Please check him out and follow him online as well. Thank you uh, to him for being a part of today's show. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari and our announcer Joe La Janusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from eight to ten PM Eastern time. You can stream or download it from Blog Talk Radio. You can hear it on Armed Forces Radio and Armed Forces Radio Network dot org. You can also find it. That show and this show on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud as well. We are all over the place. Please check us out. We appreciate the fact that you are tuning in and listening um you know on thursday night tailgate let's just to remind everyone about that show we are joined every single week by uh you know legends and stars from around the nfl the cfl as well our new friends over at major league football the new spring league that is starting up you can find them online at mlfb.com so please you can fi- also find us on facebook you can interact with either show thursday night tailgate next on the t you can find us on facebook give us a like that's important to us as well. If you've got a comment or a question that uh, you want us to address, please you know, be, uh, feel free to, uh, to give it to us on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can find us online. This show, nextonthetea.net. You can stream or download any of our archived episodes by going on to our site, thursdaynighttailgate.com. You can do it on that, uh, that site as well. We've got all of our archived episodes. You can stream or download them for free, folks, uh, by going to either site. Thanks again for choosing to listen to this show today. We appreciate you guys the very most for doing so. We know you've got a lot of choices out there for shows and podcasts to listen to. We can't thank you enough for making Next on the Tea one of them. Until next week, my friends, hit them
0: straight. You've been listening to Next on the Tea with Christmas Carol. Where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors And media members go to tell their stories Join us the same time every Saturday To hear more stories about the game we love From the people who love sharing those stories with you It's all about the great game of golf It's all about the great game of golf
3: Things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better like new low everyday prices on family favorites shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound and for an easy delicious dinner get whole roasted chicken for only 498 bigger selections friendlier smiles lower prices Safeway it's just better. Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better, like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better.